Hello and welcome back to Femme Fatale, a podcast dedicated to supporting women who write fantasy and science fiction. My name is Moya. Oh, you want me to introduce myself? Sorry, I'm Noelle. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know we were going in tandem. <laughs> Sorry. That is so we my bad. Discuss that. <laughs> uh, yes, it's me. I'm back. You can't get rid of me. Uh, Never. Yeah. I mean, unless you like denounced books and reading, then maybe. Mm, I won't be doing that anytime soon. Okay, good. <laughs> I'd be really concerned if that was the case. <laughs> um, so today, I've been so excited for this episode and for this day and moment. <laughs> um, we have read Gilded by Marissa Meyer, and mm-hmm. I actually finished it like two hours ago, and I'm still reeling from the ending. <laughs> um... <laughs> Rightfully so. Rightfully yes. so. Yes. Uh, but we, uh, like last time, we'll be doing a episode based around the first half being spoiler-free and the second half being filled with spoilers. <laughs> um, and it probably won't be equal halves. I'm just going to say that because there's many things I have to say that have many spoilers. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mm-hmm. think... Do you have any introductory thoughts, Noel, or shall we just dive in? Yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit about Marissa Meyer. Um, she, so I read the Lunar Chronicles when I was high school for the first time, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and since then, she, and then I reread them at the beginning of last year. Uh, but since high school, she's kind of become an auto read for me. Mm-hmm. Um just i just really like the way she writes and i love the characters that she's developed and i love how human and uh flawed but also lovable and um a complicated sounds really pretentious uh but you know what i mean like they they feel like people that i could actually have a conversation with um Mm -hmm. and not just a 2d reader stand-in um but I was listening to your first episode in the Marissa Meyer trilogy and or series, and you have not finished the Lunar Chronicles. Moya, we need to talk about this. <laughs> I know. I don't know what happened. I'm offended. Was like, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay. It was, I don't. It might have been high school or like early college too mm-hmm. when I started it, and like I might have been reading it while I was waiting for another book at the library. And so then it was just like, or maybe like I was waiting for the next book and then I don't know. I don't remember. Like, I remember reading the first two and like, I really liked it, but then I, Mm -hmm. for some reason, didn't continue. (laughs) Oh, which is so sad because the third one, Scar, is my favorite character. (laughs) Oh. You've met him before, but the third one, he's just so good. I mean, I love all of them. That's my thing is I, Marissa Meyer creates, like I said, characters that have depth and stuff, but she also Mm -hmm. creates a really diverse cast of characters, which you, you Mm -hmm. talked on, you mentioned, and she's been doing that since like the early 2010s, late 2000s, right? which is very weird, uh, very unheard of (laughs) in the YA realm. Oh yeah. And I just, you know, she, she had an Asian main lead for her first book. She mm-hmm. had uh, a black main lead for her last book, disabled mm-hmm. characters, mentally, um, what uh, non-neurotypical. How do I say that? 
Uh, um, neurodivergent. Uh, yes, there you go. <laughs> neurodivergent characters. Thank you. I'm yes. so sorry. That took me entirely nope, too long to figure fine. out the word. Um, <laughs> neurodivergent characters, like in 2012, mm-hmm. who was doing that? Oh, yeah. Nobody. That's the answer. Nobody was doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just love that about her books. And in every single one of her series, in most of her series, that's just how they are. I just finished reading the Renegades trilogy this mm-hmm. month. Uh, both of the main leads in that are POC. Uh, mm-hmm. I just, I just really appreciate how she crafts her characters and how intentional she is with not putting in diversity for brownie points, but <laughs> there being diversity because there should be because it's right. the real, it's it's the world, and that's the world we live in. Right. Um, yeah, I just mm-hmm. talked for a really long time. I didn't know if you have any thoughts. <laughs> um, I think going back to the first book in the Lunar Chronicles, like, it's, I mean, it's Cinder, so as you could probably guess, based off of the Cinderella fairy tale. Uh, and mm-hmm. what I really appreciate about that, it being based in Asian culture and, like, the Asian Asia region of the world it's like it's mm-hmm. just a totally different spin um on the character um because I mean Disney princesses are white primarily unfortunately mm-hmm. and so like it was really nice that she inserted that diversity and it was really effortless too it's not like it was forced it didn't feel like again like she was trying to earn brownie points like it it felt mm-hmm. really natural and it was just like a really nice fresh mm-hmm. take insert mm-hmm. the I was doing it before it was cool meme. <laughs> <laughs> and I think another one of those things, another point to that is that it, it was never a POC character trying to turn away from the culture that they are. Like they were, she yeah. never like made them desire air quotes to be more like the, the predominant white culture that, you know, mm-hmm. you and I live in. Um, it was always just like, this is what they look like. This is the 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 world that they live in, and it's gonna be like that, mm-hmm. which I love. <laughs> oh yeah, there's yeah, there's a lot of fiction and just I mean real life too, where it's just people turn from or like you said, like desire to like turn more towards like the Anglo western culture rather than Mm -hmm. being steeped within their culture of from birth or whatever in it like i think it's like if that's what someone wants to do that's great but like writing that into a story as like the normalcy like that's just really sad because it's just it's completely defeating the purpose of the diversity in my opinion Mm -hmm. i would agree i would fully agree but yeah Yeah. anyways Um, those are my opening thoughts Okay, sweet. So, <laughs> Gilded. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, I 100% went into this book thinking it was a standalone. So did I. So did so, I. So, that was a very rude awakening during the last 15 pages. Mm-hmm. And it's not, like, marketed as a series. Like, I feel no. like everywhere I've seen it, it's, like, standalone, Rumpelstiltskin retelling. And I'm like, yeah. oh, cool, fun. And then you get to, like, the last 50 pages and you're like... There oh, is no. not enough paper in this book for things to wrap up. Um, oh, yeah. So Even I don't know that... if we maybe just spoiled stuff for people, but spoiler yeah, alert, yeah. there's going to be I two mean... books. <laughs> right. That's not a bad spoiler, though. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
I mean, okay, at, 50, at the last 50 pages, I definitely thought there was a chance it could wrap up and, like, maybe just not be super neat. But that yes. also doesn't follow, like, her quality of writing. Anyways. Not at all. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. like, after, like, things started getting worse, I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> it's not ending. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was, like, those, like, last 10 pages, you're like, oh, oh, we're really not stopping. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Okay. This is a train wreck. It's it, fine. Like, it, it's, it's funny because you know, plot usually goes in, like, the 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 triangle, like, the, the pyramid that yeah. we all know and love from English class, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> And my friend Brecken and I love to joke that the last 50 pages of a book are typically that falling action conclusion mm -hmm. portion, where the rest of the book is the rising action climax moment. Um, <laughs> and this book, it was like falling action. If you were looking at it in terms of like an actual picture, the slow <laughs> rise of the plot moved maybe two inches above the ground. And then the climax happened. And then it was like a cliff. So there wasn't yes. a lot of plot, like, there was no plot left at the end, but it went straight <laughs> down immediately. Like, yes. <laughs> it was just, like, falling head over heels down a plot hole. Like, it was crazy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The yeah. Mm-hmm. It felt yeah. like the pit of despair. <laughs> at that moment. It's just like, there's no coming back from this. <laughs> uh, Wesley's dead and we can't do anything about it. Nope. <laughs> Enter Magic Max. Yes. Is that what his name was? Uh, I yeah. think so. Yeah. That feels right. It's only that mostly right. dead. Mostly dead. I'm not a witch. I'm your wife. <laughs> oh Anyways. my gosh. Uh, um, okay. So this book is, like we stated previously, a retelling of Rumpelstiltskin. And for, if anyone else is like us, I didn't totally remember the fairy tale going into this. Like, I knew the basics, mm -hmm. the bare bones of, like, okay, there's this guy, there's this girl, she has to turn straw into gold. That's about all I know. Mm -hmm. um, and I had seen Once Upon a Time back in the day, so oh, yeah, I definitely same. knew what it was about. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, a really bad mm -hmm. flex. You, you now know who I was in middle school, and I'm sorry for that. <laughs> oh, it's, nope, it's fine, because at least yours was in middle school. <laughs> Mine was way more recent. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. <laughs> okay, anyways. <laughs> um, we're going to move past that now. Uh, yep. The um, So, like, funnily enough, I what I remembered while I was reading the book was, like, I was thinking back to watching, like, this animated version of the Rumpelstiltskin story in school, like, in elementary school. And, like, mm -hmm. that's how I learned the story. And so, like, I just kept yeah. picturing that animation in my head as I was reading. <laughs> Cute. I'm sure that was real pretty. Oh, yeah. It was great. You know, the... Kind of like the um the animated Lord of the Rings from, like, the 60s. I never watched that? it, actually. Ooh, no. girl, it is rough. <laughs> I've, like, I know it exists, but I don't, mm -hmm. I just don't want to go down that hole. <laughs> if you want to laugh and or cry, maybe both. Oh, no. Go do that okay. one day. Okay. <laughs> Oh, um, but the, the book is, it has its similarities, mm -hmm. but pro I feel like more differences than similarities. Yeah. I mean, like any Marissa Meyer book. So Marissa Meyer, if you are unaware of her as just an author, specializes in retellings. Mm -hmm. Um, that's, that's kind of what she does and she's very good at it. This mm -hmm. was the first one that I had read of hers which was 
like she didn't change the setting or the time period at all um mm. so the lunar chronicles was very much like sci-fi new yep. world kind of situation um you know technology and all that good stuff so it felt new enough for there to be those differences um not new enough but the the setting and the way that she structured it was different enough for the original fairy tale to um be a theme and not mm-hmm. get lost but still have those changes this mm-hmm. one is set in you know 1600s germany like mm-hmm. it's very much that I, that's probably the wrong date but you get my image just standing old old germany that yeah. is when this is set um mm-hmm. and i'm not a big lover of the rumpelstiltskin story i did not care if she changed things like i knew i know the <laughs> basic story but if you're a diehard rumpelstiltskin fan there are going to be changes in this that you're going to be like wait what <laughs> um i thought this made for a much com- more compelling story if i'm not if, if oh, i'm not yeah. gonna lie to you in terms yeah. of like how everything unfolded yeah oh no i agree 100 percent. i didn't i mean Clearly, I was not attached to the original fairy tale. Um, <laughs> yep. I, uh, I think, I think this is it's a beautiful retelling. I, I am absolutely in love with the story that she's created. Um, it seems like she's kind of mushed two fairy German fairy tales together a little bit. Um, mm. I can't one hundred percent confirm that, but there's. One of the characters, this isn't a spoiler, this is talked about very early on, um, which one of the characters, which is part of the main character, um, whose name is Cyrilda, part of her town's like folklore, um, his name is the Earl King, which is how we're pronouncing it, because we do not have German accents. <laughs> we definitely do not have German accents. Sorry, <laughs> Grandma, I, we lost that. Yep, yep. Um... And so I, talking to another friend, I found out that this, he's from other fairy tales. And I was like, what? <laughs> I'd never heard of him. And so it's uh, really interesting to see that she, Marissa Meyer may have potentially like put two fairy tales together, making them work together, which I think is really cool. And she did it in a really masterful way, which made the story even richer and more interesting. Yeah, for sure. Um I think he made for a much more compelling villain than mm-hmm. uh Stillskin in the original mm-hmm. fairy tale would have. Um yeah. Because his in the original fairy tale Rumpelstiltskin's goal is just generalized chaos, I feel like, mm-hmm. um, and making <laughs> the poor farm girl's life miserable. Like those that is right. that is his goal. Um yeah. but the but the Earl King actually it, it feels like he has like a destination in mind mm-hmm. and you you that unfolds as the story comes out you have no idea what it is in the beginning um but that begins to unfold and begins to um to flesh out as you go through the story um mm-hmm. and just around every corner you're like this this guy what mm-hmm. i would not want to meet him in a dark forest but unfortunately no. you can't control that <laughs> oh yeah i mean yeah yeah (laughs) i just words have escaped it's fine um (laughs) the i think the really cool thing too is like a lot of times 
villains tend to be written in such a way that they can be romanticized as well. Um, mm-hmm. and Looking that is... at you, Darkling. <laughs> yeah, uh, sadly. Um, <laughs> but this Just is saying. 100% not the case with this book, at least in my experience reading it. If, you know, if that's your thing, okay, I'm going to step back and let you have that thing. But that is... Maybe call I, a therapist, I, but... Maybe. Yep, that, mm-hmm. that's 100% the recommendation if you are attracted to this villain please see a therapist (laughs) (laughs) because here's the thing okay like i am not one i'm gonna compare him to the darkling because that's really all that i have in my pocket right now um (laughs) but the because that story is told so solely from alina's perspective and because Mm -hmm. he is an attractive man Mm -hmm. uh and because he is, like, when when Bardugo is writing through Alina's eyes, you can understand why and how she's attracted to him as a reader. Yeah. Like, me personally, n- doesn't do it for me. For her, <laughs> I can understand why. Like, I, I understand mm-hmm. the draw there. Mm-hmm. Even though this is written to where um, Cyrilda is, can see his attractiveness and see... Mm-hmm. Um, the Earl King's like qualities, air quotes. Mm-hmm. You, she is also very like straight up from the beginning. Like he is attractive, but he is dangerous, and there is oh, yeah. no reconciling those two. Oh yeah. Um, like Myers gives you no, Meyer gives you no room for mm-hmm. putting those two together in a romantic sense. Like yeah. the dangerous does not make him exciting; it makes him terrifying. Oh yeah, I think uh, use like going along. <clears throat> excuse me going along with the darkling example i think part of that too is that he was grooming alina from the beginning um right that and like at the beginning you thought he was a good guy spoiler mm-hmm. alert so sorry um and so it's like you, you know there's there's there is that chance to like get attached to him and like grow feelings for him i suppose mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. <laughs> whereas like from the start in gilded like the earl king is even in like in in their lores like he is a bad person like he is evil incarnate so yes yes yeah yeah i don't know if you want to start talking non-spoiler parts of this book that you enjoyed um yeah that's a good idea you want to go with that Let's yeah do that. yeah um i'll let you go first you, you are the host i don't want to just like oh, okay. take over okay <laughs> No, it's fine. I mean, sometimes I get lost in my thought just thinking about the book. So, like, you know, mm-hmm. having someone to pull me out is good. Um, <laughs> I think, man. So, I think, like, non, um, like, story-wise, so, like, just about the book in general, like, the aesthetic of the book is just chef's kiss. I love it so much. Yes. Um, it yes. is, I, I like I love dark fantasy anyways, and this fits the bill. Um, it, uh-huh. it, it does. Yep, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> I I love that it, like, it. it's just so different, I think, from, from a lot of, like, young adult, new adult fantasy that you see. Like, mm-hmm. it's not the clear-cut, like, happy ending, which is really nice. Um, right. And I got, like, we got Rumpelstiltskin, which is not a common retelling. I don't know if I've ever heard of that retelling. <laughs> um, and, like, 
I like the main character too, like that she I don't know, she felt different as a main character from other young adult main characters. I don't know. Like mm-hmm. there was just like a quality about her that just was different in a refreshing way. Um and I was also getting really big um headless horseman vibes. I don't know why, but I was. <laughs> Wait, like like the the sleepy the animated Sleepy Hollow yes. sleepy from like Hollow. the sixties with Bing Crosby. Yes, that I one? don't know why. Yeah, like okay. I was just getting that vibe. I think it's because of the hunt, and it just made me think of that. And like, I don't know. Yeah, That's what, yeah, yeah. That is a vibe. <laughs> I don't know if I'm tracking with you, but I can kind of see it. Okay, um. <laughs> it's fine. I think for me, this book felt very rich. Mm-hmm. um in her even just in her prose and her writing oh, yeah. um coming off of reading a her her superhero story mm-hmm. this like cuz i read them back to back i've read four mm-hmm. marissa meyer books this this month <laughs> nice um yeah uh <laughs> not complaining at all but it's it's been a lot <laughs> yeah. um and so to go from that, which was, it was very modern, very much felt like I was in the 20th, 21st century. Like, mm-hmm. um, it, I connected to the characters because of their, because of their experiences as teenagers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then going to this, it felt a lot more lyrical, even in the way that people mm-hmm. spoke to each other. Um, it, it, it followed the format I felt of fairy tale writing, even yeah. if it didn't talk like a fairy tale does that make sense like it yeah it's very much like you're not reading a grim fairy tale from the original mm-hmm. text like you're not doing that but it, she taps into something that allows her to channel kind of that energy mm-hmm. um which i loved i really enjoyed going from one of the from that to the other i didn't feel like i was reading the same story you yeah. know sometimes I, yeah. if i read a lot of an author in like one setting um mm. and they're different series or different books and they're not connected mm-hmm. at all i feel like i'm reading one story because their voice like they just they tap into their voice so heavily mm-hmm. which that's what they're supposed to do continuity um right. but in this i feel like marissa was really good at keeping her voice and keeping you know the strong characters that we love um the the plot that kept twisting and turning like she's very good at all of those things mm-hmm. but tapping into that more lyrical fairy tale-esque mm-hmm. side of her of her voice which was really cool yeah i think um something i noticed uh with reading this um it's been a while since i've read cinder and scarlet um but and those are also like her first two published books but it, mm-hmm. there was just like such a huge difference in the writing um yeah and sure. and again, like those were her first two books published, and so like that's kind of to be expected. Um, but it was just, yeah, the writing itself was so beautiful and so well done. And um, while you're talking, I just kind of thought it almost feels like it's an like the story is being told orally, like like an oral tradition kind of mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. Um, just like how Cyrilda tells stories all the time yeah um yeah yeah that was another thing that i loved i um 
am a self-proclaimed uh, story nerd. I will take story in any form. <laughs> I, oh, yeah. I do not care where it comes from. I love movies. I love TV shows. I love uh, newspaper articles if they're human interest. I love, I just love story. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to read a book about somebody who loves story and who is good at story mm-hmm. um, and for that to be such a central theme within the book was really mm-hmm. fun to read for me. Um, and I felt like I connected to her because of that. Mm-hmm. um yeah it was just it all around that part of it i loved um, yeah i loved it. uh Cyrilda is somebody who you learn this again very on in chapter very early on in chapter one uh she's seen as somebody who's kind of like a, a liar she tells very embellished stories and mm-hmm. um people don't believe her all the time uh and as you kind of go through the book you learn more about her um and more about why she is a storyteller um and just kind of like unraveling that and unpacking it was really mm-hmm. cool to see and to and to like to watch it's that part of her grow mm-hmm. that part of her character grow was cool mm-hmm. oh yeah i think um i think at first i was a little bit um i was a little skeptical at first about the whole idea that she was an outcast because she told story like she was a storyteller and people thought of her Mm -hmm. as a liar um Mm -hmm. but then as as it went on and like some of the interactions she had with her father like I could see it a little bit um and just like the kind of automatic like what's the best version of this incident that I could tell and so Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. that it was really um really interesting to see like that play out in a character yeah Um, for sure i don't think i've ever read that in a character before so it was really interesting Mm -hmm. um i also really appreciated that the the book is split up into into sections um by the full moon oh my gosh Mm -hmm. that was really cool i um so part of the part of the story with the earl king is that um he has a hunt every full moon which kind of like like a siren's call kind of calls to humans trying to pull them out of their beds at night um but it's only on the full moon and so it's really cool to see like each section was broken up by what full full moon it was um Mm -hmm. and i thought that was like a really nice touch just like uh physically to the book yeah i would agree i love I really, I don't know if I love, I really enjoy, <laughs> I don't know. Choosing words is hard. Uh, I really enjoy <laughs> books that have those big sections as lo- as well as those chapter breaks. Um, yeah. Partially because for me, visually, it's really fun to like open a book and for there to be lines on the sides. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> like where the, where the pages are all separate. Like I, I love that aesthetic. Mm-hmm. For, I don't know why, but I do. Um, but it's also like satisfying to see like how far you are in that little section and how much more you have to go and how close you are to like, you know, there's going to either be a cliffhanger or like a new thing at the end of it, or like mm-hmm. a new revelation or what, you know, something is going to happen at the end of that section typically. Uh, <laughs> and I love like that, that building of anticipation. And I feel like that does it for me more than any chapter mm. ever does because yeah. I can see it on the book. Yeah. It would I... be different if I was reading it as an ebook, obviously, but right. A physical copy. I love that. 
Oh yeah, I I totally understand that because I I tend to have a harder time getting through ebooks um, mm-hmm. because of that because I can't physically see the pages turning and it's almost mm-hmm. like it's like this weird motivation to like keep reading when I know how far <laughs> I am. <laughs> Yeah, I me know, and the little weird. percentage sign down in the bottom of my Kindle have <laughs> yes. a very intense eye contact relationship. Um, I'm I'm constantly looking at that thing. Oh, I'll yeah. turn like two pages and I'm like, how many percentage points have I moved? One? Oh, sorry. Okay. Back to reading. <laughs> yes. Or like, I'll look at like, how many minutes do I have left in the chapter? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, I think... I'm not going to lie. I think the setting she chose was absolutely perfect for the story. I don't know how well it would have done in that same like sci-fi retelling kind of thing that she did with the other fairy tales. Yes. Um, I, I would agree. Um, This setting actually kind of reminded, not in the, in the same way because the prose is very different. Have you ever read um, the wayward children by Shauna McGuire? Have we talked about these books before? I feel like we have, but I haven't read them. Okay dark fantasy you'll Mm -hmm. love it um but the the worlds that those kids have like their stories in Mm -hmm. very much felt this this felt like one of those places that a kid would Mm -hmm. jump to yeah um just kind of the dark and creepy and like Mm. some really good parts and some really awful parts yeah um and not quite our world but almost our world to where you didn't mm. like a little bit of an alternative universe vibe mm-hmm. um, where just specific things are different. They give you an eerie feeling like that's what this had for me, which I, mm-hmm. I loved. I love it when oh, it yeah. feels like home, but kind of weird yeah. um, because it still takes me away. I read to escape. And so like, it mm-hmm. still takes me out of, <laughs> you know, my world. <clears throat> right. But then it also like, fulfills that kind of almost hope that it's like real you know at least I get that sometimes of like I love this world I want this to be real so it's like it's close enough the magic of it yeah Yeah. exactly yeah yeah um okay I'm do you have anything else non-spoilery because I'm running out of things to say (laughs) (laughs) no um I don't think I have anything that's non-spoilery that I can talk about that I didn't like you know, mm-hmm. like, I feel like to give a good book review, you usually talk about the things you like and the things you didn't like. But yeah. I think that all of the things that I wasn't a huge fan of were are spoilers. So I won't talk about those there. Overall, yeah. I, for those of you who are spoiler free, overall, really enjoyed this book. Oh, yeah. This really, book is, really enjoyed it. This book is so, so good. I think probably the one non-spoiler thing I could say I didn't love was that a lot of the... um. A lot of the plot twists, mm, okay, not all of them. Some of the uh, long haul plot twists, I 100% saw coming. And so, like, mm-hmm. I didn't love that, mm-hmm. but I don't know if there would have been any better way for her to write it, honestly. Um, and maybe yeah. I was just, I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I'm with you. And I, see, I never use that as a complaint because. <laughs> since i've been little my mother and i have had competitions on who can guess the ending to cop shows and or movies <laughs> oh like gosh. since i've been 10 yeah um and so mm-hmm. i have always been just somebody who can figure out the plot and figure out what's mm-hmm. going to happen like within 30 minutes of starting something yeah um and so i never have that as a threshold for myself and especially since this is ya 
we'll mm-hmm. talk about that in a okay. minute. But yeah, <laughs> because this is categorized air quotes through the systems that be as YA, <laughs> I'd give it a little bit more leeway in that. Yeah. Um, okay. And it is a retelling. Yeah. So like uh, you can oh, only work mm. within certain pr- parameters, you know. That's <laughs> a loose word in the, in this <laughs> case, but yeah. <laughs> All right, you know what I mean. <laughs> because she is working within stories that mm-hmm. already exist and using that to to craft around. I feel like there's mm-hmm. only so much that you can do, right? That actually like would shock a person completely yeah. to their core. Yeah. You know what I mean? If yeah. if somebody so- came in and read this having known zero things mm-hmm. you probably could guess it by the time you got a couple pages to the spoiler probably Me, i saw it probably from the beginning <laughs> but that's just how i roll unfortunately <laughs> it, i feel like that's this a is superpower okay here's the thing my brecken and i brecken's my book buddy i'm gonna talk about her a lot um we have d- little disagreements <clears throat> often um mm-hmm. Because I don't think it's a huge problem to look up non-plot-related spoilers. Mm. She thinks it's a problem. I can tell that you think it's a problem. Um, (laughs) But to me, it's just like, I've already basically guessed the end. What what is looking up this thing that's not actually ruining the end, so Mm. to speak, for me? If it it gives me some satisfaction in knowing that I was Mm -hmm. right. Really, I just want vindication. (laughs) That's all I'm here for. Oh my gosh. (laughs) But that's, that's a topic fair. for a different day. That is yeah. that is a different day topic. Anyways, good book. <laughs> yes. It was a very good book. I I mean, honestly, it was like probably like four, four and a half stars for me, which is very high. Mm-hmm. I would give it a four, for sure. <sighs> yeah. Okay. I need to talk about the spoilers now. <laughs> Go for it. Let's do it. <laughs> okay, I mind. can't. We'll start at the end. <laughs> yes. Okay. I'm sorry. The ending. What the hell? <laughs> I, yep, direct response. Uh, I just, it went from like, okay, this is insane to like, this makes no sense. <laughs> Why is this happening? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. the real like, you are clearly a child came in at the <laughs> ending of like, you're making bad decisions with your life. <laughs> Yeah, overall, okay. So here's the thing. For those of you who have been listening from the beginning, I'm assuming that's most of you. Uh, <laughs> remember that that sharp, steep cliff that I talked about where we just kind of jumped off into the conclusion? Um, that happens because we find out that... <laughs> I don't even want to say spoilers. I feel like I'm I'm betraying people. No, I'm going to say spoilers. We, f- we do that because we find out... Uh, Cyrilda is pregnant, right? With Guild's yep. kid. Yep. And then she makes up a lie, makes up a story that her powers that don't exist have gone gone into the child that she has in her stomach. Mm-hmm. And then the Earl King goes, well, okay, marry me. The child's going to be mine and then I'll use it to make gold and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. You know, typical villain tropes. Yeah. Um, that happens in about six pages. Mm-hmm. And then the book ends. <laughs> and you're like, I'm sorry, can we can we back up? Because this is how did we get here? <laughs> Which part of me is like, okay, if that was real life, if that actually happened, not saying it would, but if it actually happened, that is about as fast as it would take for somebody to write it down narratively. 
Like if yes. there was if there was a stenographer, a court stenographer in that room writing all oh, of yeah. that down, it would have only been six pages. There was mm-hmm. no room for embellishment. Nope. And that was about all of the time that any of the characters had to process anything. Yes. And so Which... us as the reader are just kind of along for the ride. Yep. Which, like, as an author, that's brilliant. But as a reader, <laughs> I hate it so much. Oh, hate it so bad. Hate yeah. it so bad, especially since the next book isn't out yet. Like, this one came out this, like, last year. So. Yeah. It's fine. So we're I'm just going to sit here yeah. and wonder what the heck's going to happen. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, we know already that she has been merciless in this book. And so, like, I, I don't know that there's a happy ending coming. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know that it will be a happy, air quote, ending. Yeah. I think it will probably be closer to a grim fairy tale ending. Where it's like, it, but in a Marissa Meyer way. So I think there will be a lot of satisfaction in it, Mm -hmm. but I don't know that it will be 100% happy. If it is, great. I freaking love a happy ending. I'm never going to complain about a happy ending (laughs) at the end of a trilogy. If if the middle books end in a cliffhanger or end sadly, I'm fine with that because I know there's usually more coming that that can lead me to that happy ending. Yes. I'm always a proponent for happy endings because I don't think we have enough in the world. (laughs) Um, And mm, I had a train of thought she derailed (laughs) you know that's fine um but yeah so the ending so fast so quick Mm -hmm. all of us all of the readers are just sitting there kind of staring at their books i'm i'm assuming yes because that's what i did was just kind of sit here and go i'm sorry that's it there's no more pages um i texted you this earlier but that part in um avatar the last airbender where zuko is in the library yes. trying to find the end of the story yes <laughs> that was me yes oh yeah yeah i get it i get it now it's oh my gosh i can't like uh i don't know if i've read a book that ends like that like it was it was it was literally a cliff <laughs> like Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. Like, I'm yeah. pretty sure the characters are standing on the edge of a parapet at the end of it. Because she got... Did she get gilled down from... She got gilled down from the wall, right? She, she, no, he, he... They took him down because he was he was complaining so much. Oh, that's right. I really, like, I was speed reading so fast <laughs> in the park because I was like, I need oh, yeah. some sort of conclusion. Oh, okay, yeah. But he got down. Got it. Anyways. Yeah. They were talking about yeah. stuff. And he, and yeah. she told him like everything that she realized about his past and all that. And um, he was like, "Okay, but how is this better?" Because um, I'm still cursed. And she's like, "Because curses Correct. can be broken." Correct question, my dude. <laughs> that no, he he was asking the only right question. Oh, is, yes. How is this better? How is this <laughs> like, better? Great. Okay, I'm still here. <laughs> and then he goes, "And you are too." Like. Our situation has just gotten worse. It has not right. increased in any yes. sense positively. Yes. Okay, also, I'm sorry. The mm-hmm. thing that made me the most upset, but I didn't have time to process because it was the end of the book and there were so <laughs> many things. Yeah, of Was course. that, so like, the Earl King was like, you can't tell anyone that this, like, you have to tell people this is my child. Mm-hmm. And she didn't tell Guild that it was Guild's child. If Why that's couldn't... not a part of the first chapter of the next book... I'm going to lose my ish because miscommunication, anybody who knows me as a reader can tell you that miscommunication is my least favorite trope in Mm -hmm. the world if it's for drama. 
if it is for yes. comedy, I think it's hysterical. Okay, yeah. Any of the miscommunications right. in, I don't know, like any sitcom you've ever seen where the characters are kind of running around with chickens, like chickens with their heads cut off because yeah. they think one person said something and then they didn't, they meant something else and they end up with an ostrich in their apartment, i.e. iCarly. <laughs> um, yes. That's the best kind of miscommunication. You give mm-hmm. me miscommunication for drama and I just want to throttle people. Yes. Because if they just said words, if they just said six words, six words, she only has to say two, actually. Um, she can say it's yours or mm-hmm. uh, your baby or, you You're know, any combination thereof. Yeah. Uh, and the thing will figure itself out. There will be right. issues. Don't get me wrong. There's going to be plot right. and problems. Oh, yeah. But at least he will be on the same page as her. Yes. Well, it's not Which like... Which is not a thing at the moment. <laughs> right. Well, and it's like, how the hell would the Earl King know if she told... Like, he... Like, Guild already, like, does what he can... What he... Does mm-hmm. what he can to avoid the Earl King and doesn't talk... Like, why would... It's not... It's And it's... I think it's one of those things is, like, that part of the tethering... Like I would, I would understand if whatever the Earl King did to tether her to the grounds mm-hmm. also gave him kind of like an ear into what she says. Like, oh, I, if okay. that was part of the magic, I would understand. Yeah, but it's not. Okay. We know this right. because Guild has been doing mischief right. and nonsense right. for eons. Yes, without the Earl King either a being able to get him or b figuring out what he's going to do next you know like those sorts of situations and he Mm -hmm. i don't know it's just one of those things where i'm like this this specific point is so annoying (laughs) yes well it's it's, 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 as a reader as i'm sure as an author it's like good and wonderful and you know like (laughs) creates drama that keeps people coming back for more as a reader i just want to scream oh yeah well i mean it's the most classic trope in young adult fiction and it drives me crazy because it just it's like okay hi you have mouths use them <laughs> please yep. i know your brain yep. isn't developed but please get your shit together yeah and i like and then so this is this is where me as as like a, as an empath and as a person mm. who like just kind of like puts themselves in the situation goes okay how mm-hmm. would i reasonably respond to this crisis like what mm-hmm. what would i do how can i understand this character better Mm-hmm. What would a therapist say is happening in this situation? <laughs> like these are the places that my mind goes. I probably shouldn't be psychoanalyzing a a word on a page as much as I have been, but <laughs> this is this is me. Um, and so the only thing I can think of is that because for so long she has been told that her stories are false, mm. even though she has gotten over that as a character, like we've we've seen right. her grow, and like she's realized that her story have stories have power and can create mm-hmm. something. She knows this, but mm-hmm. still to have the 19 years of the trauma and othership and shunning or whatnot come to, like, this very poignant moment in her life where mm-hmm. she's telling somebody that she loves, which we can get into later because I have some other thoughts, oh, somebody yes. that she loves a very life-changing thing, mm-hmm. that would be horrifying. Me, mm-hmm. standing in that situation, I would also not want to say anything. Mm-hmm. But... It's better than having the person you love believe that you're having somebody else's child. Oh, yeah. I just, I need that to be, to be out there in the world. That I, I yes. think telling, I think telling your significant other that you're pregnant with their child, uh, <clears throat> ra- rather than have, have, have them believe that you, you have been cheating them with, on them with their mortal enemy. Mm-hmm. I think there's some good 
in in that um mm-hmm. so i mean that's all i have to say about that <laughs> yeah i it's almost like i don't know i feel like it's almost worse because the way that she told guild what happened it just feels like it was completely self-preservation that made her do this thing and it's so, like it didn't mm-hmm. matter like mm-hmm. like everything else didn't matter she was just trying to save her own skin which like that is a very real thing and i probably would have done the same like not the exact same but like <laughs> but <know>. similar <laughs> yeah tried to save my own life in that situation but it's like it's just it feels like a smack to the face almost because it's mm-hmm. i don't know it, it was the one decision other than the initial getting up and going mm-hmm. that i was like girl what are you doing Mm-hmm. Like if she didn't do the if she didn't do the get up and go, we wouldn't have a plot. So like I'm not yeah. we can't talk about that. This is this <laughs> is the one instance of me like I feel like in YA books, typically I'm yelling at the main character a lot. Yeah. Because they're 16 and stupid. Yes. Um, and I'm, you know, an almost 25 year old person who has lived a little bit of life. Wow, I'm almost 10 years older than a 16 year old yeah anyways uh that hurts me a little bit um but you know like and i think that's at the point that's the point i should be at right like Mm -hmm. as an as a fully fledged adult i should be reading a ya book going i agree more with the parents than i agree with the child right now um because that's just a part of growth Mm -hmm. but like cyrilda was somebody that i was like for the most part, I'm like, I understand what you're doing. I get mm-hmm. you. I get your choices, and I agree with them for the most part. This last right. part, I was like, girl. <laughs> Stop. I just hit myself in the face. I don't know if y'all could hear that, but I <laughs> that hurt. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm a mess. Boy, this is why we don't record at 930 at night. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. You couldn't control it. Nope. <laughs> yeah, I... I think, yeah, I would agree for the most part. Um, I mean, yeah, besides the whole, like, in the beginning when she made the choices that she did, I I would have done the same thing for the most part. And um, I think, I mean, she's, she's 19, and so she's cons- a bit older. She's closer to that adulthood age. And besides that, like, the setting also is, like, I think a big part of that because it's... Mm-hmm. Um, like an older Germany where she has a lot more responsibility at a younger yeah. age. And it's so like, there's more maturity yeah. that comes sooner and all that. Um, yeah, I, I, I think the ending. And then also when she was like, for one of her um, payments to guild, the last one mm-hmm. was like, I'll give you my firstborn child. It's like, okay, can you, that sounds ridiculous. Please stop. <laughs> Yeah. Like it's part of the fairy tale. It just it sounds so ridiculous that it just it's it's an archaic kind of novelty, right? Like you saw firstborn children being given given away like hotcakes in old fairy tales. You yes. don't see that anymore in modern writing. Um, Which is I I you know I wonder because she even said that at one point in the book it was addressed that there were a lot of kids buried in this graveyard because of disease mm-hmm. and like illness and all those things taking them at such a young age and so i wonder if that's why it was so common in fairy tales is because a lot of times the firstborn child died anyways yeah i don't maybe. know i don't know that makes it sound really callous but 
Yeah. No, no, no. I'm, I, I get you. I get you. <laughs> um, speaking of children, specifically the children's ending, and this is where we can kind of, I'm sure, transition into the YA versus yeah. um, yep. NA situation. Um, this book is on the higher end of PG-13 mm-hmm. when it comes to gore. Oh, yeah. Um, and Marissa Meyer is somebody who has, in my experience, never shied away from, um, body autonomy. It's very mm-hmm. interesting. It, reading her stories back to back to back like I have, mm-hmm. I can see how body autonomy is such an important theme to her. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was a theme through the entire Renegade series. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very large portion of Wolf's story in Scarlet, mm-hmm. uh, it you have it in this from the Earl King taking people uh against their will through the through the siren songs or whatever. Yeah. Um and then keeping them after he kills them. Like you you just have this this theme of let people be their own people. Mm-hmm. Um and the way that Marissa usually presents that is through some 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 terrible hearts being ripped out of chests situations Mm -hmm. um yeah that was that was a mental image we all got uh it's just a trail of a trail of chest opened children yep that i was not expecting i wasn't either Mm -hmm. i wasn't expecting four dead children five technically if you count the last one oh my gosh that was like i should have seen it coming and I was just like, I, that, that last mm-hmm. one was the worst, I think. It hurt. It hurt. It all Real hurt. Bad. It all, yeah. Hurt. Yeah. And I, like, and, and when I thought this was a standalone, when mm-hmm. that started happening and that started pulling out, before mm-hmm. I, like, actually came to the realization that, like, there has to be a second book or this wouldn't, like, actually have an ending. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we got to that part, I was like, oh, the magic... Sir, 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 whoa, Cyrilda! <laughs> <I just, laughs> my tongue just gave up. Uh, Cyril, when Cyrilda's gonna like pull some magic ish, Gilda's yeah. gonna get free and like restore all these children to their bodies. Like, yeah, like, that was where my brain was going. Like, there, mm-hmm. we're gonna have a nice little wrap up at the end where everybody's mm-hmm. back with their families and everybody's happy. Uh, somebody may like stay dead, like her dad will stay dead or whatever. That's another thing. Oh my god! Didn't gosh. expect that from her no. father. Yeah. Anyways, like when all of that was happening, I was like, "Oh, they're gonna wrap it up. Like Marissa's gonna wrap this up, and it'll be fine." Mm-hmm. Mm, no, no, she now has little ghost servants, mm-hmm. which is worse. Yeah. <laughs> which is something that is mentioned in the book is that it's worse to be a ghost than it is to be just dead. Mm-hmm. Um. So I'm hoping that gets restored because I don't want these five children to just be kapush while she's off living, you know, with her with her firstborn and guild if he survives. Yeah. Yeah. I think I don't know a plausible way that she could bring those kids back, to be honest. Like, I, I don't see it. Like, it just feels like it would be too out there to do it at this point. Like, I feel like the happiest ending for them is for them to just be released and and have, yeah. have a peaceful My- death. Yes. My only theory, and I only have this theory just now. So if I talk through it and it's <laughs> it makes no sense, I apologize. It's okay. 
But my theory is, is that, okay, so we know that when the the Earl King hits them in the wrist with the, the golden arrow, their mm-hmm. souls or their essence or whatever separates from their body. Yep. And he has, like, he has preserved the bodies. The bodies are mm-hmm. somewhere. We know yeah. this because they found, did they find her, his body? She, Sir, Cyrilda found Guild's body, right? Like, didn't know it was his body, but, like, found somebody in a room lying down. Wait. Kind of breathing. Do you remember this part? Am I crazy? Oh, no. no wait, when? Because she's walking around the castle that by was... herself. Yeah. And she, like, okay, here, wait, I think I found it. Um, but um, uh, she froze. Cages were for animals. What kind of mm-hmm. creature would be kept in such a room? She squinted, but could barely make out a lumpy form behind the bars, unmoving, dead, asleep, holding completely still. She shifted her gaze to the wall where she had seen the tapestry. She goes to describe the tapestry. Something is off about um this person. Uh huh. Uh, Dread began to gnaw at her as she inched closer. Okay. Once her eyes adjusted to the dim candlelight, she froze. The tapestry did not depict the face of an honored king. It depicted a skull, a corpse Mm -hmm. dressed in fine regalia. The man was dead. So, I'm... uh, So, we see, like, that all happen. That's Mm -hmm. She's looking at the tapestry. The, The body that she thinks is there, um... She doesn't really comment on because then she get attacked by the the right. the druid. I don't That's, know how to pronounce that yeah. word again. The little <laughs> like nightmare monsters. She gets attacked by those and then runs yes. out of the room. Right. So I'm thinking that the the weird little lump thing that she saw yeah. in the bed is Guild's body. Yeah, actually, that's that's I what didn't I'm even... picturing because when she gets shot, she like rises out of her soul, out of herself, and like sees right. her body on the ground right she has an out-of-body experience situation if Mm -hmm. y'all could see what the arm gestures that i'm doing right now (laughs) it's something (laughs) um but she like rises out and then she has the thought like where is the baby growing is it growing in my body on the ground or is it growing in what i am still right what i still am is it growing in my spirit she had that little like existential crisis which is a fair thought because yes um (laughs) so what i'm thinking the only thing i'm thinking here is that if 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 the children somehow get tethered because we've seen her return to her body after death we've seen mm-hmm. that happen right as long as her soul stuck around enough for her body to reconnect with it so i'm thinking right. if should the children just their bodies stay alive or like they reconstruct them somehow through magic or surgery or whatever yeah they're going to figure out a way how to put them back in their bodies yes that's it's where just... i'm at Right, but, like, she didn't do anything with the bodies when she found them. This is true. You're right. This is where my theory starts to fall apart. But maybe their parents are finding them. I don't know. Who knows? I would yeah. hate to be their parents. Like, oh, that my would gosh. be traumatizing mm-hmm. As, mm-hmm. as heck. Holy cow. Yeah. Anyways, that's my prevailing yeah. theory. I'm sticking to it. If I'm proven wrong, oops. <laughs> it's okay. Yours is more hopeful. They than may mine, actually so. be dead, dead. So yeah, it's fine. What it's a bummer. Fine. Yeah, yeah. That was. When... Uh... Sorry, go ahead. No, go. No, ahead. it was just I don't want to I... change the subject because we were going to talk about why I knew it. So. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and then we can come back to your thought if you remember. Um. Yeah. Perfect. So, oh my gosh, that was. There were many moments when I was like, 
mm, this is not young adult. And that was definitely one of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it just mm-hmm. became more apparent the deeper you got. The mm. second half of the book was very, very dark. Yes. I think, mm, I feel like the first half too was, I mean, it wasn't, it was just this like really, like you could feel it kind of stirring the f- underneath in the, the beginning. The first half was eerie. Yeah. The second half was gruesome. Yes. They were both dark in their own respects, but that's right. kind of how I break it up in my mind. I would, yeah, I think I would agree with that. Um, it was like the, um, I would equate it to like the, like the violins in like a, like in a movie that kind of like start playing a little bit faster right before the jump scare or whatever. And mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's setting the scene for that, that gruesomeness, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you Um, knew something was going to happen. Oh, yeah. You just weren't sure how. And then Uh it happened, and you were like, okay, I guess I'm (laughs) having nightmares tonight. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, this is not young adult. I don't know who in their right mind labeled it this, but it is not. (laughs) See, okay, and again, I'm going to bring up Brecken, because she's the only person I talk to books about, except for you. Um... (laughs) it's we've had many discussions about why the book industry and publishing has not moved into a rating system mm-hmm. a la the movies yep where we we don't rank things by children's middle grade young adult adult you grade things by whatever rating they system they come up that's kind of equated to g pg pg 13 etc right. because We've gotten to the point in fiction where books are open to everybody, and I mm-hmm. love that. I love oh, that, yeah. you know, we're not censoring books. It's Anybody can read anything. I love mm-hmm. that. But within that, you don't want a middle schooler reading this book. I don't oh, want no. a middle schooler reading this book. No. Solely because of the gore factor. And so mm-hmm. I think that, that that having those warning labels or, you know, a page in the beginning where, okay, I have another gripe with publishing. Why do we have... <laughs> why do we have two two title pages what is the yes. point of that there's uh, one you have you know the first title page if there's not a blank page in front of it mm-hmm. you'll have a blank page you'll have title page with nothing on the back and then you'll have title page with publisher and author and then you have all like the copyright stuff on the back of that why are there mm-hmm. two we don't need to no nope. but the just put the title on the first page like mm-hmm. or title it author and all that stuff on the first page uh-huh. why if it's a paper thing throw just just release release one of those and put your your trigger warnings on there right i'm not i'm not understanding how this is an issue (laughs) right well it should be it should literally be just like the the labels for movies like you see in the movie theater it is rated this because of these things Mm -hmm. and then yeah like adding trigger warnings as well because this book has a lot Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah often when i go into the bookstore I'll walk around both the adult fantasy and the young adult fantasy because that's just kind of where I live. Um, <laughs> yeah. And when I'm walking around the both of them, I look at the YA and I'm like, what is that book doing here? Mm-hmm. What? Why? Mm-hmm. Well, I, if you if YA is marketed from 12 to 13 mm-hmm. to about, let's say, 17, 18, if that's who it is marketed to, which is 
in and of itself a wild statement because somebody who was 12 and somebody who was 18 are very different human beings yeah um if that is who you are marketing to as a collective certain things should not be in that category you yep. should just not have like like i don't think six of crows should be in the ya because kaz brecker mm. that man is gruesome yeah uh this book not a nope. ya nope. cinder and lunar or cinder and the lunar chronicles i don't know why i can't talk the lunar chronicles <laughs> those are ya those yeah while they do cover some darker themes and do have like darker parts of them do not get as gross and gruesome as this right like i don't know i just and like did you read did you read ninth house yep oh so good okay good <laughs> but that again isn't a is categorized as an adult book but there are parts of it where you're like, this feels more YA. And I don't want it to be in YA. Don't get me wrong. That's not oh, where no. I'm putting that. But we need, like, this is why, again, New Adult has become something more relevant in the past yep. years. Um, I don't know the time bracket because I'm not a historian in that regard. But it, in in the last, I'm going to just throw out 20 years, mm-hmm. New Adult has become a category that is somewhere between YA and adult. Mm-hmm. And I think because again we were ta- I, Brock and I have been talking about this a lot. I have a lot of books that would now be considered middle grade mm-hmm. because they are older mm-hmm. and because they don't cover the same topics as the YA category. The YA category has forced so many kids to read books that are older than where they are developmentally to yep. think about things that are older than where they are in their own lives, like reading really intense romances why do you need to be reading that at 15 like i I get it if that's something you're drawn to but it's it's something that like along with you know social media and um a lot of things just kind of makes the younger generation feel like they need to be older than they are Mm -hmm. if you compare my middle school photos to somebody who is now in middle school you would not think that we were the same species i'm just gonna throw that out because (laughs) same boy were the late 2000s rough for uh, for a 13 year old yes and you know i don't want to sound like old man yelling at clouds but (laughs) that i i feel like that is actually like hurting a generation of kids who Mm -hmm. feel like they need to be older than they are and are not allowed to to stay in those developmental years Mm -hmm. for long enough Mm-hmm. um well, kids can't be kids. i'm not a psychologist i'm not any sort of person who actually has any authority on this that's just my take i'm sure there's mm-hmm. some studies out there that have been done but it it just feels detrimental to to have a have this be like this is the section you can shop in and point at the ya section and there be sarah j moss stuff yeah a lot of people love her mm-hmm. rightfully so i'm sure a lot of her stories are great but there are things in those books that kids should not be reading. And I'm not mm-hmm. just talking about sex. <laughs> I'm talking about <laughs> other stuff, just like right. the gore and the t- subject, the subject matter and the topics right. like those. And this is why if we don't want to, to like full, like to censor kids in that way, or to say that you can't read this because you're not a certain age, put trigger warnings and stuff. Right. Like kids are smart enough. Mm, let me rephrase that kids can be wise enough if they are taught to look for those things to know that they aren't either aren't ready to read them or they'll read them once and be like yeah no i'm not about that 
mm-hmm. I remember reading the book with explicit se- explicit sex in it when I was like 12 accidentally because I didn't know it was in there and right. just being like hey mom I'm reading this book and she goes oh okay that's an interesting part maybe just skip those pages or whatever like it, she was very fine with it in yeah. terms of like I trust you enough to make judgment for yourself mm-hmm. and for me as you know 12 13 or whatever I was like yeah I'm not I don't need to read this this is not something that is that is good for me mm-hmm. and so I you know backed away from the book I I didn't read it anymore and i think if you give kids those tools or like warn them before before beforehand ahead of time (laughs) friends it's late it's okay (laughs) it's late if you give kids those tools and treat them like they're responsible Mm -hmm. a lot of the time they will prove you correct i work with high schoolers most of the time a lot of the time they're dumb (laughs) but a lot of the time and most of the time they prove me wrong in a lot of ways and mm-hmm. they are a lot more mature than I think they're going to be. Mm-hmm. I just talked for a very long time. Do you have any thoughts? <laughs> this is a, uh, this is a topic I'm very passionate about. If you can't, I tell. know, I know, but I love it. I think, I mean, I think you're 100 percent right. I I had a very different experience with reading growing up, in which I was very censored in what I could read. Um, for a little while, I was not. I was reading well. I I started off reading. I remember very, very specifically in middle school reading a lot of Ted Decker. Um, mm-hmm. okay, for those, same. yep. For those of you, yep. Those of you who do not know, he is a Christian adult author, um, but not like in a specifically fantasy, fantasy thriller. But like yeah. fantasy is a loose term. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> um, yeah. So he was more on the thriller suspense side, I think, too. Um, so, like that's what I grew up reading and then I, when I started trying to branch out more I was censored and like nope you need to read Christian books um mm-hmm. <laughs> and so like mm-hmm. growing up with that different experience like I 100% agree because it's like I one like I know what I like it's also like okay like I was not sexually awakened enough to feel comfortable reading a sex scene in a book at that age like that was like <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I don't know that many kids should be. No. If Look, if you haven't gone all the way through puberty, you are not sexually awakened enough to do anything. No. I don't know that I am currently. So, like... <laughs> I wasn't until I was married. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of those things to, like, it, uh, to each their own, right? I, I get that. To each their own. Yeah. But I still think that there needs to be some regulations <clears throat> on stuff in terms right. of like not regulations whoa that sounded very like but uh, uh authoritarian no 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 yeah I, not I know regulations but like warnings and warnings yeah like we have hot labels on coffee cups for a reason yes <laughs> that reason is because a woman almost sued mcdonald's but it's a reason that like mm-hmm. they saw a problem and they went and fixed it mm-hmm. barring you know seven billion dollars or whatever it was um it's it's just at this point, I think it makes sense mm-hmm. because, especially because, uh, book talk and bookstagram and like, yeah, places where adults, mostly adult women, are living in and reading and reviewing YA air quotes yep. books that are marketed towards and geared towards younger kids. Yep, we've now seen a rise in publishing that kind of 
push those labels onto books that may not deserve it because yep. they're now catering to adults. the group that yeah the the adults that made that category popular when they were young and kind of mm-hmm. grew up with it right and have have kept reading it and that's totally yeah. fine i'm one of right. those yep but 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 pu- when publishing has started to cater to the adults mm-hmm. in under the guise of making it YA rather than mm-hmm. to the teenagers who actually are in that demographic, that is mm-hmm. when we get into scary territory. Yes. Yes. I think, too, like, especially, like, with a book like this that is so dark, like, there is no, there's very, very little of a silver lining in this book. Um, mm-hmm. Like, there's just there's no sense of a happy ending here uh, yeah it pulls very much from a grim fairy tale like it, it has that vibe yeah i mean they're not the disney fairy tales that, <laughs> that we grew up with like at all no. they're horrifying no. stories and i mean that's like this being categorized as ya it's like with the with like with the rise in depression and anxiety and and things like that it's like kids don't need to be reading stuff like this like that just like that can make it so much worse and it's like with the type of world we live in today it's like we just like that when you put that kind of material in such a young mind like it's more Mm -hmm. detrimental i think than helpful um just with all of the other factors in the world (laughs) i would agree I'm fully with you. This yeah. is something I could probably talk about for hours and hours. And yes. <laughs> I think part of that is I also now have younger people that I'm very close mm-hmm. to who yep. have started reading. And I'm like, ah, I got to be careful what I recommend because I don't remember exactly what's in this book. And I yep. don't want you to be exposed to things before you're ready for them. And I would right. know what things are in that book if they had trigger warnings. Yes. That is all I'm saying, because <laughs> I would be able to remember this, the, the, the bad parts mm-hmm. of a book if there were oh, yeah. trigger warnings on the front so I could eat more easily recommend books to people. That, yes. is, that, is, that is my bottom line. That's really yes. my bottom line. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not, it's, it is not hard. Like, there are already sensitivity readers. We know that. Like, there are people hired mm-hmm. for that. <laughs> like, they Do can... people utilize them as much as they need to? No. no. But they're there. And they can easily easily put together a list of trigger warnings for a book as they're reading like it's not hard guys (laughs) yep Um, i agree anyways (laughs) step down from my soapbox now (laughs) and moving on yes Yes. (laughs) uh i think uh gosh okay do you remember your thought before we got on that soapbox oh gosh no it's so far gone totally fine (laughs) Um, I wanted to address the situation with her father. <laughs> yes, please, okay, let's but, go talk about and that. And then also her relationship with Guild after that. <laughs> Wait, that was my other thought. That was my okay, thought. Was okay, that. let's go there first. We need to talk about that. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. Here's... All righty. Guys. Necrophilia question mark? <laughs> we didn't know, Moya. I mean, we did, but we didn't. <laughs> and is he technically dead? I'm oh. gonna say yeah. <laughs> okay. Personally. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fine now because she's in the same state, right? That's how that works. Sure. Um, we'll go with that. <laughs> okay. That aside, we'll get to that in a we'll get to that in a moment. But okay. 
this was one of those cases where it was a forced proximity <clears throat> yeah situation ship it felt like um guild had had not seen a a, a physical woman ever it seems like um that he remembers i guess he mm-hmm. he, he was you know a, a young person at one point um before he was tied magically to this place mm-hmm. so he he this so sorilda is the first person he's ever seen that is not a ghost mm-hmm. and he is the first person that she has ever seen that has not looked at her like she's insane mm-hmm. and or terrifying both of those factors make for a lot of sparks make for a lot of yes. sexual tension a lot of like will they won't they mm-hmm. they do just in case you were wondering that is where the pregnancy comes from yes um that that part is not graphic i will say that there it's, yeah, it's that, very closed door which um, i'm not i appreciated in that situation i also appreciate <laughs> i yes i i always appreciate closed door i'm not an open door human being yeah. when it comes to yeah. sex scenes i just that's not my style yeah. um maybe that book really ruined me as a 12 year old that's probably not it that's i think that's just like who i am as a human being um Mm -hmm. but they only meet five times five times five times maybe six times it might be six anyways low number we're on one hand not enough (laughs) um and they fall in love air quotes question mark yeah is and it's one of those things like i'm very much it it takes a lot for me to be that connected to a human being (laughs) i lose feelings so quickly so quickly moya (laughs) you don't even know like i lose feelings hardcore fast it's like two weeks oh my gosh that's amazing (laughs) this is probably why i've never been in a really serious relationship before but you know it's okay again that's a thing to talk about with my therapist not you um (laughs) no let's let's tell the whole world it's fine yeah sorry world now you know (laughs) this felt like it fell into one of those ya tropes there wasn't a lot of space for them to actually connect as people Mm -hmm. because when they did meet he was spinning gold for hours on end while she was telling a story and then mm-hmm. the four to five minutes that they had after that was conversation. Right. So a couple of those times were about 20 minutes. Yeah. So they have minimal interaction. Mm-hmm. And on the fourth time they meet, they having babies. Like, I... <laughs> yeah. I just... it that I think that mm-hmm. was my biggest gripe. Other than, like, the ending I can understand from, like, mm-hmm. a, an authoritative narrative. Yep authoritative whatever i don't know from a writer standpoint i can understand the ending from a reader standpoint i understand why i was so angry with it this this don't make sense no i don't understand this part no it it very much it feels a lot like um people who have survived a very traumatic event together tend to be very very close and so yes. it feels a lot like that and just like they're both in this very traumatic, very distressing situation. And so it just automatically brings them closer together. Um, mm-hmm. Too close, in my opinion, but. <laughs> yeah, quite quite close, Moya. Quite yeah. close. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 And I think what I did appreciate about that, though, was there was a couple paragraphs where um, Sorilda is, just goes like 
I, she's not the first girl to ever just be overcome by passion. They're not the mm-hmm. first couple to ever just like take a tumble in the hay. Air quotes, yep. haha, funny. Um, <laughs> like that's that is the phrase that she says in the book. Tumble oh, in yeah. the hay. Yep. Um, so like I appreciated the fact that she was like, I'm not all encompassed by this human. Like he's my mm-hmm. forever love. Like there was some sense, which yes. I feel like makes her very different from other y- YA characters I've read. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> because they would just be like, "He's my one true love forever. <laughs> Never gonna break up with him." Two months later, something happens. Yep. Um, this, while it felt very fast and really felt like kind of more for plot than it was for satisfaction reasons, mm-hmm. uh, there was that tiny saving grace for it. Did I love it? No, but there was that little part. Yeah, I appreciated, too, that at the end, she was way more focused on saving Gertrude than she was on seeing Guild, which I really appreciated. It really, that was way more in line with her character. I would fully agree. She's like, you've been doing this for centuries. You can hang on 12 more hours. Oh, yeah. Yep. That child is five years old. I'm going to save her. Yes. Yeah. So that was, that was, that was really good that she did it that way. Um, I just, I... Mm, yeah the relationship is weird um hopefully one day they'll both have physical bodies again i hope so because that'd make it better (laughs) that would make it a lot better we don't need how that even works i don't know how i'm gonna chalk it up to magic because like he didn't but he was like solid so like i don't this is what i I don't understand yeah is how Mm. are they both solid because they're both technically spirits at this point Mm mm-hmm so, so like, how do they have bodily fluids to do anything? Because he doesn't have a heart. Correct. I don't know if you know anything about the human body. You kind of need a heart to, A, function, uh, mm-hmm. B, have sex, especially as a man. Like, that is, <laughs> there is a large part of blood that goes into their functionality. Yeah, there is. There is. There really is. <laughs> so. I, I don't know. We don't need to talk about, like, the specific anatomy nope. that went into this. Nope. But that's kind of what I'm working through here, is just, like, how logically does this function? <laughs> the real questions. <laughs> I just need to know. Yes. I've had this Mirtha question Meyer. several times. <laughs> mostly with Edward and Bella from the Twilight series, Ooh, because he yeah. also does not have also, blood. Yeah. And you also need blood to to get it's up, magic. you know? It's it magic. just, like, that's how it works. Yep. Anyways. Yeah, there are a lot. Now that we've had that thought in our heads, but (laughs) I'm not going to say them because this is not that kind of podcast. (laughs) We're going to keep it. Yep, PG ish. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Overlining PG thirteen. Yes. (laughs) Mostly for language. (laughs) Yeah, but she wanted to talk about her father. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. I feel like there's. I don't feel like that's the end of her father. I feel like there's more to that. That did not feel like a satisfactory enough ending for that to actually be her father's death. His head was cut off, Moya. <laughs> okay, I know, but, like, there wasn't... Okay, my rule when I read a book is if they don't linger <laughs> on the death long enough, they are not actually dead. <laughs> okay. Okay. It felt too fast. Like, it felt like they just brushed past it. And it was like, okay, no, he's not dead. Uh-huh. So I'm uh-huh. wondering... If it was like okay. a shapeshifter kind of thing, if someone shapeshifted into his image, I don't know. That's my theory. I mean, look, at this point, anything is possible with this story. <laughs> um, 
Do I think it plausible? Mm, I'm a little <laughs> less confident than you are. Yeah, yeah. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't be fully shocked. Yeah. No way would I be fully shocked. I don't think I could be shocked by anything at this point. <laughs> yeah. We, I mean, yeah. I'm sure we will be though. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> but like, assuming that he is dead. Mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. did okay did they ever explain because that that creature came up before right the the creature that eats its own body like that that was we learned yeah. about that very early yeah. on in the book did they say how they were created because i don't no. remember that part i also read this so fast mm. so like i could have just like blazed right over it i don't remember but i'm like, feeling I... like they never really discussed how those creatures are created i don't think so because i i remember it being mentioned and then i know that madam sawyer like mm-hmm. she just said that like he like this creature like once they die they have the desire to come back and eat their families and like i don't but she doesn't explain why that happens i don't think like i don't remember that being a thing yeah so like the big question is how did dad turn into creature that's yeah. what we're wondering Right. And, like, is there a way back, or is there a way that it was just his body and, like, not his soul, or if it was a shapeshifter? Or... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't was... know. I don't have an answer for you. Also, like, now I'm wondering, like, okay, did he eat Thomas Lindbeck? Uh, yeah, there's no way that the whatever he was hunched over in the scary little yeah. hut thing was not Thomas. I think Thomas yeah. is dead and gone. Oh, yeah, because it's like... Her father had probably been there for a little while by now because she had been away for like a month, and so it's yeah. like Thomas had been there. <laughs> like he's he's dead. <laughs> there's no way he's not. Like yeah, I, there's there's no way. <laughs> yeah, not that we care about him at all. But <laughs> no, I mean it's sad. Like he was fine. Oh yeah, but he I mean like, like he's a not villain. An, no, he's not like an important part of the story. <laughs> correct he's very much a minor minor character yeah yeah um that was like a really i don't know about you but like when i started reading it i had to like go back to the beginning of the paragraph and because i was just like this well what this came out of left field because <laughs> <laughs> like yeah she thought it was thomas at first yeah. and then like she quickly jumped to like what is this thing and then she was like oh my gosh dad and i was like wait is it actually dad or are you like seeing things yeah yeah it was that was a wild ride yeah also like i he must not have had like a whole lot of functionality in his brain because you'd think he would have gone for her sooner you know if he knew that well, she, she was, was there. in a magical fortress no no no. i know but like when she got home oh she was there was for she... a little while i what she a I few think hours she just rolled least. up i thought she had been there for a few hours because the way that i'm remembering it she escaped not escaped but like came back from mm-hmm. what alder whatever the the forest or whatever you know the place yeah. the <laughs> castle she got back from there was like oh it's gonna be dark and sad because my dad is gone and whatever Mm -hmm. and then she pulled up and she's like wait there's a light on in the back uh in like the the back storage shed or wherever the mill the mill or whatever right and then she walked in there and was like is thomas awake is that what this is like i thought i thought he would be in bed by now because it's like two in the morning or whatever like that was what my 
reading of so, that was. Could be wrong, because again, read it very fast. Because what I, at least what I remembered, she saw the light when she was coming up, and she was like, oh, is my dad back? And she's like, oh no, it's just Thomas. But she didn't mm. go check it out, because she assumed it was just Thomas. But I don't know how much time yeah. passed in between her walking in the front door and her, like, because she heard scratching, like, really loud right. scratching, and that's what she went to investigate. Um, Yeah. Yeah, let know. me go. Okay, hold on. There's that. I'm going to go try and find that little part because now mm-hmm. I'm invested <laughs> in figuring yeah. out what. Okay, here we go. I found the part. Now I just got to find the beginning of said part. Mm, yes. Okay. I'm also like amazed at how quickly you can find things. <laughs> I the way that I remember how books are structured is kind of a problem sometimes because people are like hey where's this part I'm like have you checked this section of this book on this oh number series and I'm like Noelle you have a problem anyway <laughs> um okay so okay I found the I found the part uh it wasn't truly a home, not anymore, not with her father gone. She glanced towards the sky. There were still a couple of hours until sunset when grandmother had promised to send word and tell Sorilda whether or not she'd be able to aid her. A couple hours until she might be able to give, uh, might be given some idea of her fate. Then mm-hmm. the mill came into view. Sorilda felt no sense of joy and relief when she um, returned home after the hunger moon, except there was smoke curling up from one of the chimneys. She paused and thought that maybe someone was home, maybe Papa, realized, nope, couldn't be him, only Thomas Lindbeck, blah, blah, blah. Um, water wheel had been churning, was churning at a good clip. If the mill wasn't already in demand from their neighbors, it would be soon, because the water had melted, because it's not winter anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, she realized that she should go talk to Thomas and thank him, but she, her heart was too heavy uh pretending she didn't notice this okay so you're right pretending she didn't notice the smoke she went into the home shutting the door behind her yada yada uh tried to picture a future in which she could stay at this home was mm-hmm. there any really hope i'm sorry for how i'm reading this but <laughs> it's um, okay uh she sank down into the cot where there were no blankets um stared at the ceiling She'd been staring up at her whole life and waited for the sun to set. And this mystery, mysterious messenger who came to her aid. Or to confirm her fears that there was no longer any hope at all. She'd been walling in these thoughts for some time when she began to notice a strange noise. She frowned, listened, scuffling, chewing, and that's when the when that starts. Mm-hmm. So, okay. somewhere in between what you said and what I said. Yes. <laughs> like, not immediately and then not yeah. hours later. Maybe, I'm yeah. thinking like a half hour. Yeah, that's probably good. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Cool. We figured it out. Yeah, we did. But yeah, that that yeah, the reveal was like very confusing. I think at least for me because it was so unexpected, and I was like, I'm mm-hmm. wait, hold on. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That yeah. just all happened at once, which mm-hmm. you know is typically how books work in the last hundred pages. They just yeah. kind of all tumbles together. Yeah, a little bit. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Overall. What are your thoughts on Gilded? Overall, I really enjoyed this book. Mm-hmm. I had a really fun time reading it. I appreciated that it wasn't uh, a setting retelling. I appreciated that it was in the original set, original setting. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and that the story was re reworked um i for all of the things that we just said i did really enjoy guild and i did really enjoy serilda as characters Mm -hmm. um do i wish there was a little bit more fleshing out of their stories as them together yes Mm -hmm. but i kind of understand why uh but i still wish it was there for them like overall like you said earlier i would definitely give this like four out of five i'm Mm -hmm. i'm a fan oh yeah yeah i agree this is just it was such a fantastic book the writing is beautiful lyrical like you said noelle um and the the characters were great uh i loved the way that she retold the story and kind of included different fairy tales within it and Mm -hmm. yeah just yeah it was is very well done very excited for the next one (laughs) yeah i think it's gonna be good yeah hopefully there will be some more fleshing out less stupid choices by our characters (laughs) (laughs) yes all we can hope for honestly yes Okay, so this episode ran a little long, so let's skip over the current reads um, this week. Do you have anything you want to plug, Noelle? No, um, still doing the podcast. You know, <laughs> over at the over at the CNC replay, we're uh, we're hanging out. We just hit our one year mark, which is really exciting. Um, so yeah, go give us a listen. Uh, oh. It's it's kind of. Uh, a disaster in just in Detroit sports right now. Kind of a disaster, and then also not. There, it's a lot of like back and forth. But we're there. We we like yes. to laugh and and make fun of each other and and rag on Chris. So, <laughs> yes, that's what I'll that's what I'll plug. <laughs> yes, perfect. Uh, so yeah, thank you guys so much for listening this week. Um, this was, I think this was my favorite book discussion so far. Like this is just great. I loved it. Yes, um, <laughs> I love it. So thanks for listening, and I hope you will tune in next week in which – I don't remember what next week episode is about. Actually, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I just... Brain fart. It's fine. Well, yeah, this is why we take notes. <laughs> yes, I know. It's it's fine, guys. Uh, so next week's episode will be a comparison um, in which I compare um, the Haunting of Hill House TV show to the book. Uh, and you can expect that episode next week, Wednesday, and you can find the podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Uh, and then you can find the Instagram at femfatale.pod. If you enjoyed the episode, please tell friends and family so the podcast can t- continue to grow and reach more people. So I hope you all have a great week, and I'll be back next week. Thanks for having me.